0: Everybody, welcome back to 17 karat k-pop and my monthly recap of the can't miss releases of the month the best new music from k-pop c-pop j-pop etc artists usual disclaimer applies i take this super seriously i listen to literally hundreds of new releases a month so it's never a personal decision some sort of diss toward a fave if i don't include them in the top 20 that's just the nature of these lists so many great nominations will be excluded sorry about that it's never personal as much as i can i try to put on my objective music critic mindset here when telling you out of hundreds of releases what really stands out And stay tuned, because remember, I always have a jam-packed second half of the episode with the best new music that focuses on an enormous amount of honorable mentions. So if yours doesn't make the top 20, hang in there. Maybe it's a part of that segment. But first, the countdown. Here is number 20, Nerd Connection. Hard to explain. And yeah, great album title, because the appeal is kind of hard to explain. They're really good at this. These rock songs are so underrated. The best songs are stand-up and the remastered I Robbed a Bank. They just go for it in those songs. Oh, the Planet Earth 2, quite an explosive opener. Then when they do take it down a notch, tempo-wise, emotion and energy-wise, they still are 110% there, like with Been This Way. So it's a very in-your-face collection of songs. That, I think, then benefits from being a short collection, so they don't go overkill with the intensity. It doesn't grow tedious. If it was too long, it could get a bit, like, okay, we get the point. They keep it short, sweet, and rewind-worthy. Number 19. Huasa, I Love My Body. I love that every time I want to talk about this song, I have to say that. That's really great. Reinforcement. I love this so much. She has this contagious sense of tackle the world, we're all beautiful, embrace all your flaws. There is appeal to a more nuanced lesson, like g does a good job with that, where they sing about realizing they don't need to cater to social beauty standards, but they kind of do anyway still. But there's also appeal to this approach, where Huasa just goes full confidence, like zero lingering subtle shades of doubt in her music video character. No, this is full unapologetic rejection, of humility. like She's going to embrace everything as much as she wants. I think an English version could really take off. The chorus, I love my body and my hair be so shiny, super easy cadence-wise to make an English version. The way she sings, got too many standards, not sure what's right, don't be talking smack, I'm worth so much more than that. The syllable count, I think, could switch to fully English quite relatively easily. She really just lyrically and especially instrumentally gives off huge Megan Trainor energy. This sounds just like a Megan Trainor song, and I'm here for that. That's part of the reason I think it could really take off if given the chance on socials and stuff. It's just such a great mic drop. Like she's having the last word over haters of her appearance. And the ending of the video is just so perfect that she just walks off into the sunset with that hair flip. I mean, she makes me want to go do that too. Number 18. I don't like Monday's Runway. Some more synth pop than expected, some faster tempo stuff, improv-sounding fun piano moments, looking conversation. Shout out to DPR Cream for producing that one. Lots of smooth guitar and percussion mixes here. The best song is Wolf Vibes, which definitely would be so cool to liven up a crowd with, I would say actually Sin City onwards is the strongest part of the album, so towards the end. They've got some if factor. Number 17. Say the name, 17. Ms. Uja, 40. This album is her diary, basically. It's very personal about her reflections, lessons she wants to pass down, words of wisdom as she turns 40. True is about feeling euphoric at a type of love you have, like it's too good to be true. She meant for desert to be kind of about an hourglass. So a dual metaphor, both about time flying by through your fingers like grains of sand in an hourglass, and also the sense time is running out in your relationship, and also kind of quicksand-esque. You're getting buried down in it, stuck. Epilogue is actually pretty early in this album, and compares a breakup to a grieving period about the time that you could not get back. You could never recreate what you had. The song 4D reflects on her changing view of what love is. After all these ballads and emotional poems, basically, comes the city pop with Little Car, some more vibey, less intense songs. But then back to piano ballads with some jazzy touches. It's a very dense album, but also doesn't take itself too seriously. It has nice, easy listening appeal, too. Number 16. Even, spelled E-V-N-N-E, target me. Trouble really grows on you, so give it more than one try. It's got an interesting brass layer, 808s bass. It's actually really good for just getting in the zone while working, so if you want music on as you work, that instrumental to Trouble will probably help you get in the zone. There's more of a throwback hip-hop feel to Role Model with a really busy instrumental. Quite a hip-hop Got7-esque sound to Pretty Thing. They go for slower R&B with some acoustic elements, too, in your text. Back to a throwback TNX-esque sound in Jukebox. That's a nice song that two of them contributed lyrics to, about living in the moment. And with another self-written one called Even More. That's their official fan song. So they have some synth pop, they have some throwback hip-hop sound, more emotional moments, and they picked a title track with a standout instrumental. What's not to like? They also have an interesting teaser preview before debut, and then this newscast-themed world takeover situation leaving their mark, being the stars of their own show in the Trouble video, which just gave me a little super by 17 energy their stage presence that son has a bit of that confidence number 15 ft island sage first of all the sons have a really nice natural flow from one to the next second of all they mine a ton of deep emotional depths they talk about loneliness and i'm still here broken my personal favorite is self explanatory so is not enough where they really bring to life this sense of distress They end with a less dramatic sound, chiller, relatively speaking, with Rising Star. That's a song they helped make for the idol band Boys Battle. So great emotion, passion, tracklist order, delivery. They also were hands-on, contributing to every single track. They summed up this album as being about the bird discovering a new world as it flies its way out of the egg. If you're a BTS fan, you know that reference. The title track, Sage, is all about that wish to be born anew, live a more informed life, having gained wisdom from the past to help shape a better future. Number fourteen, Kepler, Magic Hour. The song Galileo, they are back to the wadada, bounciness, and I love that sound so much. Well done, perfect for them. Visually, it's such a cool video too. Not just very pretty with the art museum setting and all the pink contrasted with their all-white outfits, but the way they kind of literally immerse themselves in the artwork, like they're part of the paintings, they become part of the art displays and just keep singing and dancing regardless. Very engaging and just super bubbly and bouncy song. The one thing that's kind of meh about it is the ending. Like, before the endings have been way more what-the-heck, in a good way, they kept you guessing with more of a plot twist. This is tamer of a plot twist. It's just a member is back in the museum, now alone. Not one of their more creative conclusions, but a strong era for them. It's also cool that they did split up for the first time for Units, with four of them on the Latin pop mid-tempo Tropical Light, and then five of them on the old-school hip-hop tape. The Door is a bit like Love Me Like This by NMix, another perky jam with some great high notes and some fun audience-ready backup vocals. A little New Jeans by New Jeans-esque to the sound of Love Unlock. Shout out to Andy Love, who contributed to that one. Check out my conversation with him on a past episode of the show, K-Pop Talk with Andy Love. So ultimately, with Magic Hour, they stay true to themselves, and they expand their soundscape. Number 13, Semble, with their self-titled mini-album, which we talked about so much in the episode called Luniverse Talk, Episode 9. Breaking down the best lyrics, the Easter eggs, etc., a strong release that makes the universe brighter and bigger and better. It builds off of the universe in natural, very welcome, exciting ways, which I explained in that episode. So all I'll say now that I didn't say in that episode already is Sensitive was definitely the right choice for a title track. The intro is very Eyes One energy, which I love. The best song to show off their vocal strengths is Strawberry Soda, but then again, they end well with lovely vocal layering in Day by Day, which is probably the best objectively, the best B-side objectively, but subjectively, the best B-side is Newtopia, because it's the most distinct and unique. Number 12, Cravity, Sunseeker. The pep in their step that we have come to know and love remains strong. Cheese really was a good, sorry for the pun, taste of what to expect, with the full release. Because it wasn't as good as Ready or Not, but it was getting there. They went from good to great with Ready or Not, which I love the video for, because it kind of has a ready phase and a not phase. Like back and forth from comic book action to 4D world action. So back and forth between 2D and 4D, like ready, not ready, not ready, not. I thought it was a clever way to actualize that concept. They keep that summer vibe, that carefree day chillin' with friends energy strong, which for September is a nice, a welcome transition release. 9 o'clock is extra special because it has this full fun sound, lots of unison chanting, ad libs, and special meaning to the fans because Gravity often release their music at 9pm. So a nice special hidden meaning there. They with another strong one, Love Fire. So overall, what's not to like? They keep the energy, and they keep switching things up with that comic book aesthetic and probably even more references fans will appreciate. Fun fact, the video actually, Sarum says, took inspo from Elemental, the Pixar movie also want to say in their press conference about this, they said that it took Vibration about six months. So to finalize Vibration, took about six months of revision. They also said they want to focus from the last album and the collective mindset it had to more individual goals and pursuits being the focus of this era, which the video attests to. Number 11. Purple Kiss Festa. Honestly, my favorite Purple Kiss eras are the most quirky. When they go creepy and quirky, like with nerdy, sweet juice, those are the best. There's spooky season approved stuff, zombie of course, deep into the lore that I broke down extensively on the Purple Kiss themed episode of the show, those are my favorites. So this just classic K-pop summer comeback, end of summer comeback, not my favorite era of theirs. However, they never just have a a comeback where it feels like they just checked off an obligatory box, like every K-pop group has to do this theme at some point. They make it their own, always in clever ways, because what often gets overlooked is their underrated lyrics that often do tie back to past eras, as we talked about in that Purple Kiss dedicated episode. I just find the lyrics so poetic. Like in Seven Heaven, there are equal parts flirty, suggestive comments, and ones that could be interpreted as super cute and wholesome. Just let's keep the party going 24-7. It's cleverly done. In Biscuit, they sing again about what they've said before, the pearls before swine figure of speech, knowing what to pay attention to and what's not worth it. They say in that song, it's useless attention, I don't want it. They also sing beautifully about trusting their vision, trusting their intuition. The moment I realized that everything inside me is beautiful, even if it can't be undone, don't be afraid, this is the way to go, may your shining eyes never fade. They seem to tie back to lyrics from Summer Rain in Mistake. Like, you could be my lover, you're gonna fade away. Little bitter, but it's a shame, forget it. You're my mistake all the time, I'm your mistake all the time. Their relationship-based songs, really well done. Also, shout out to them for the stellar voices. Really one of a kind. Love that they keep releasing a cappella content to tease new songs. They just have such underrated singing and songwriting chops. Number 10. DPR Ian, So I Danced. As you know from past episodes and an essay I wrote about his discography on a previous Substack post, I really am just so in love with his music video universe. He has such a unique, specific, creative vision. It's so irreplaceable, personal, yet applicable. It's a gripping aesthetic amalgamation to watch. He really just puts on a show, and So I Dance does not disappoint, as he now fully embarks on a journey introducing us to a different alter ego. He has several. Now a new one takes center stage of the story, and it is a bonkers, in the best ways, over-the-top spectacle. And I do want to talk about it in detail, but I'm going to save it because you'll see. I want to talk way more about this D.P.R. Ian era once the full album is here, so put a pin in this. Really excited, but going to try to be patient and not blab too much about my thoughts on this era yet. Number 9. Key, Good and Great. He really does just thrive with a retro synth focus. He just has so much fun with synth pop. It just shows it's palpable, the fun he had recording this stuff. The most odd to me is Cool Ass. Hear me out. I decided on the official best description of Cool Ass. I mean this with love. It's trying too hard to sound sultry while a bent out of shape slide whistle accompanies oddly stacked up synths. So we have an odd stacking of synth layers, a bent slide whistle, and someone trying to sound sultry but laying it on too thick. So the result is a lot of fun and unique, but you know, it's the song on the album that's the most polarizing perhaps. But yeah, he never keeps his songs basic or boring. Same for the video, where he had a cool series of teaser videos for each day of the week. So the August 28th video had its own action, a different action on the August 29th in Keys World, all with the office setting. So a day on the job, and he really did stay true to each day. Like on Wednesday, he was feeling that it was hump day. He looked wiped out. Then towards Friday, things started looking up. He was seeming calmer, more relieved. But then, when it's supposed to be Saturday, his calendar keeps saying September 1st and won't change to September 2nd, and he freaks out. Craziness ensues. So he had a day at the office concept and made it anything but boring. His bosses are also notable for their strange mascot heads. That reminded me of those in Mark's Golden Hour video, so maybe they're the same actors. Does SM Entertainment just have, like, a staff of mascots they recruit for these videos? (laughs) Number 8. XG New DNA The style range here is really out of the box, from Jersey Club to hip-hop, R&B, UK Drill, they found inspo everywhere. They had some A-list production help too, like from Jack Ops who worked on Benzino stuff, Amber, Amber Amberloo, Ailey... They were really smart with the single after single, music video after music video, extensive rollout for a lot of the songs on here. So by the time this full EP came out, most of the songs had too. so that familiarity makes people compelled to finish listening to the new stuff. Just makes it easier to convince people to check out something new thematically, they focus on confidence, but also get kind of broader than that. So it's not just about like in TGIF, thank God I'm fly, but it's also about like we run the world, we run this new world, we created big Barbie movie energy in Puppet Show. They are calling the shots. What I think made this group really skyrocket in fame so fast, relatively, is first of all a good manager. Like, they've done some big-time shows already. They even have a South by Southwest Australia gig this month. So they've been booked and busy. Hype builds on itself. But second of all, I think it's the very specific, original style choices. Because they make it literal when they talk about creating a new world. So a lot of girl groups have these songs about, we run the world, we create our own destiny, etc. But they make it literal. Like one of their song titles translates to the Japanese word for umbilical cord. Literally in a teaser for this album, they are emerging like someone's getting birth to them. Like they are XG, making the album title The New DNA stand out. They're called XG like X-Gene, G-E-N-E. So they make literal creating a new world and having fun while doing it. That word for umbilical cord, Hisinu, has an ooh reference also thought to mean like the kind of chant done sometimes before games in Japan, before sporting events. So that's a way they add another layer of meaning and playfulness to their concept. Their videos are just as unique as that concept, and I want to talk about them much more in depth in an upcoming episode, so stay tuned for more. On to the next pick. Number seven. Boy Next Door, why? I continue to be curious how they keep it fresh, because the Boy Next Door premise is timelessly appealing, but it can still get old fast. They have a baked-in concept, so keeping our interest is going to be harder than it would be for some other groups with more flexible branding. But they do still, so far, are impressing me. They really are keeping my interest. They kind of enter sad boy hours, but in such a playful, interesting way that it's not like a bummer release. They do end literally with crying in this track list, but they have a unique sense of humor in the lyrics. Like in the song, but sometimes they sing, I widened my shoulders so you could lean on me, but now they just make it hard to move through the metro. They also say, you could have just not loved me. Yeah, that's better. Like it wasn't worth it. And then they pine after the sweet summer children they used to be, the days of early puppy love, lower stakes, less complications, in the ABCD love. They're mad about having to revisit page one, back to the drawing board, about the rules for romance. So they complain about this relationship that flopped. Then they complain about the guide for dating that flopped that let them down. But they do so all the while with kind of upbeat instrumentals and this funny computerized voice in the ABCD love example. Zika wrote but sometimes, along with the group. Remember this group he helped set up at his agency He also led overall album production, but the members themselves composed and wrote alongside him as well. It's fitting that they combined three pre-releases with the three brand new songs. Their first EP had three songs. This is like a deluxe edition with those three and the new three, which doesn't come off as just a gimmick to juice album sales, although I'm sure this repackage of sorts doesn't hurt that. But it does seem narratively purposeful. It has a purpose beyond marketing, so I appreciate it. I also feel like in the future, we could get some pretty out there merch ideas for this group. They may have teased something quirky with their marketing when they had that weird compilation of objects on missing posters in the highly real. The video for But Sometimes has quite a plot twist. It feels like in the first 10 seconds, it already has a bunch of back-to-back plot twist teasers. And then it gets to the kiss cam scenes, the trip with the suitcase dragging along the road behind their vehicle, the mini-CGI world in the suitcase where the rest of the action unfolds. So it's like two-in-one stories, two worlds in one, a nesting doll of worlds effect, a quizzical ending... They also throw in scenes dressed dapper, like they're going to prom. So we have casual boy next door attire. We have prom ready looks. We have CGI world hijinks. We have regular world hijinks. Lots to dissect here. Number six, Dawn Narcissus. I'm totally of two minds here. One is super empathetic and feels for him. One is super mean and just about the music. That part of me is like, this is his best stuff. Being sad means he's got some really good music material here. At the same time, it makes me so sad. He's clearly just in a sad place. He's clearly dealing with that breakup with Henna. I mean, they were going to spend their lives together. And they still are, but it's awkward and different. And like he's seen before in Dear My Light, he always felt like he never was good enough for her because she was just so outshining him. In his mind, he was she was out of his league, so how could he feel like he could be foolish enough to deserve her? It's really sad, and he sings more about insecurities and sadness, loneliness... In this album so it's a very interesting detour from the expected theme because it's called Narcissus so you'd think it'd be like a self-love album but it's actually kind of the opposite so some of his best highest quality songs yet but at the same time the whole time I'm like oh my gosh you're in such pain can I help you The songs are often lower tempo than expected, kind of stripped back, not tons going on instrumentally, keeping the focus on some very sad and meaningful messages. Like, Star is about feeling lost, feeling like you lost your better half. I'm not selling this album well yet. Trust me, it's not a slog that's all slow. The silver linings are throughout it as well. He sings this too shall pass basically. The pain is temporary in Star. He also sings about just kind of empathizing and sitting with his feelings in Abyss, his personal favorite. In that song, he sings about sinking deep, like into an abyss with someone. But again, like with the Narcissist title, he makes it the opposite of what you expected. So his take on an abyss is kind of a comforting symbol. Just revel in the unknown, sit with these weird, undefinable sensations, feelings, and I'll sit with those feelings with you. It's a song about validating someone's emotional state. Dawn carefully chose a director to work with for the video. He said he really wanted to make sure he could trust whoever was going to carry out his very specific vision. So he talked with this director for hours before they filmed this choreography video for Hart, where he kind of stumbles around until an arrow strikes him, he falls over, and then the video for what led up to that star, which is really cleverly done. Because as he slowly rotates completely throughout the video, he does this 180-ish. It's like an optical illusion. Like it goes from looking like he was surrounded by stars in a sky to a bunch of bits of paper, debris, as he stands on this empty road. So it looked like a big galaxy, symbolically, is now just a trash-filled road to nowhere. The silver lining to connect all the other silver linings is what he repeats at the end of That Song Star, I want to protect our beautiful, small memories. So to protect those memories, to not soil them, he's going to make peace with moving on, not try to recreate what they had, because it was so beautiful. So the album is about moving on, not just the loss itself. Number five, Eric Nam, House on a Hill. Best lyric of the full album fear and doubt are my closest friends fear and doubt are my closest friends that is the best lyric it's from i wish i wasn't me really rings true and what's great about Eric Nam's work, this included, is it always does have at least one lyric that is like a personal attack in a good way. It makes you confront something, realize something about yourself in the best ironic way, which is often while shimmying to it, just vibing. And then you're forced to kind of, while you have your guard down, confront the introspective prompt his music gave you. The most honestly era, thank goodness, is Undefined. That's the song name. And then there seems to be a kind of hold me vibe, like his song Hold Me in Exist. There's also a fun circle back, because he goes from singing about loving the deja vu to feeling like you've been spinning in circles. Like, from loving getting to experience this joy you felt before to being like, ugh, this is just spinning in circles. This is not good. It's quite an emotional journey, with quite the visuals to go with them. Did I miss something, or did he say he had four videos to go with this era? Because there have been two as of recording time. Like, where's the rest of the story? Because you need to know what happens. But maybe, actually, deep down, getting philosophical, we know what happens. It's what happened in Don't Leave Yet and only for a moment. People go about the regular days, pause, experience bizarre, surreal-feeling events, then go back to business as usual, like it never happened. Would I love an explanation for the weird moments in otherwise mundane days? Yes, but life doesn't work that way either. In his music videos, it could, but so far no dice. We shall see. I do find it notable that in the only for a moment video, a sign behind him says time had frozen, not time will freeze or is frozen, just had past tense. So like it really was just a glitch in the Matrix that he clearly took a wardrobe page from. Number four, Dio, expectation this album really suits his voice and his energy he always just has that k-drama energy he has these romantic songs that tell a full cohesive story in a really interesting way so first he's singing about he just wants somebody anybody in this life in the song somebody shadows and all as he puts it he's loving the romance he got in the song wonder they say i do in that song then the song Lost is quite an inflection point, where suddenly he sings about feeling alone. This breakup meant he lost his sense of direction, his compass, his guiding light. And it's hard to move on because, I remember everything from the clumsy confession to the last anniversary. It's a harsh, common reality. There's no beautiful ending to a breakup, unquote. So Bliss, Wedding Bells, then Divorce, presumably. And he goes back to Ordinary Life with the song Ordinary Days, wondering, quote, what kind of short story will we be remembered as, unquote. He ends saying Another Day Passes By, which is also the lyric that starts the next song, The View, where he sings about missing the view, which was you, his loved one. So he's mentally still stuck in the past, now getting nostalgic and wistful of what could have been had things gone differently which makes it interesting to think about what his next album could go off of because he could keep this specific story going and have future releases with a what if hypothetical premise what if he had made different choices would that i do song story still come to fruition It's also fitting that The View doesn't quite end the album. It really ends with the acoustic version of Lost. So first half, joyful, Lost is an inflection point. Second half, reflecting on the days you used to be joyful, Lost is another inflection point at the end. No matter where he is emotionally, at the end of the day he goes back to feeling lost without love. He found impressive ways to tell a clear one-sentence message like that, I'm Lost Without Love, in a compelling way. In a new one, too, with an interesting short film to go with this release, plus quite a cinematic video for somebody. Then I do has the sweet That's Okay-esque, like his song That's Okay, animated counterpart. Number three, The Rose Duel. Every time I mention them, I just feel like, again, bringing up how excited I am for them. Long overdue recognition, way more popularity than they used to, and it is so better late than never. It's about time people stop sleeping on them. This album will hopefully continue their popularity boost. It's really cool in its cohesion but also naturally the duality. So it starts with an instrumental-only dawn, with birds chirping, the soundtrack for a brand new day starting, a blank page, a new beginning, for them and for the story's sake. They sing in soft voices for your beautiful, then go for a rock pivot with nauseous about someone who makes them sick. One lyric is, tried to bring me down, but I'm alive. Thank you for the recognition. I like the alive song, shadow, potentially accidental there, and the way they call out their haters who lost in the end. But then they get emotional again, and back to me, Lifeline. Lifeline lyrically, but instrumentally, Lifeline's one of the more EDM remix ready songs. Mainstream pop appeal. Mid-album is Dusk, so they don't just go Dawn to Dusk, they actually go Dawn to Dusk and then enter a world of wonder after an eclipse. So their story really does have two parts instead. So mid-album, another instrumental, with Dusk, leading into another soft song, Angel. So it's an interesting, again, dual release. It's like part one, instrumental intro, setting the scene, getting you to visualize something, then a soft song to kick it off, then more angst in a rock focus. Same in the second half, with Dusk and Angel. Then in Eclipse, which has the best lyrics. Deep inside my broken mind, I am haunted by the things I find. Take me to the dark, take me to my sorrows. But by the end, instead of deep inside my broken mind, I'm haunted by the things I find, they say deep inside my complex mind, I am pleasant by the things I find. So they replace broken mind with complex mind, which is a really nice, empowering way to reevaluate your own mind, your thought processes, as not broken but complex. And after they come to this realization, the story keeps unfolding in this impressive natural order. Because now they sing alive, feeling alive. Then in the last two songs, they sing in a very free way. Like now they feel endless love and can belt out songs about feeling like the world is their oyster again. After a process of self-discovery and self-reflection. They talk about, in the last song, Wonder, what they want to do in terms of impact. Basically, an if-not-me-who message. Like when they say, Do you think there's still a chance? May the people sing and dance. Who is here to lead the way, or who wants to? Unquote. They also have another lyric switch up here, like they did talking about broken, then complex. They repeat, I wonder, throughout the song, but they end saying, we wonder. So basically, the story is a beautifully put exploration of coming back to themselves, starting a new chapter of life, feeling freed. Now that they've come into their own, they end saying, welcome aboard, you're on this journey with us. It becomes a wee story. Once they boosted their own confidence, now they have the tools to help other people follow in their footsteps. Really well done. Just always impressed by them. Number two, the layover. I'm going to be totally, totally unfiltered here. This is the best example in quite a while of when a release I put on this list because I see objectively with my objective music critic hat on that it's really well done and really high quality, which has a strong contrast at times with my subjective take. So my total just preference subjective take, gotta be honest this is so boring. I'm not a jazz person, a classical music person. These songs just bore me. They're just not for me. This comeback really underwhelmed me. That being said, objectively, I do have to put it on this list because it is really good from a critic perspective. He really does effectively channel, bring to life the feelings he sings about, vivid pictures, the scenes can be set by his voice and instrumentals. He channels the moods, gets the texture right, the sonic equivalents to what he's singing. He has the old school baritone that works for these songs and interests, personal interests, that show he's a student of jazz. So it is an informed, inspired, but still new take on alt-jazz retro, but it also has some newer, more modern trends added too. It's a great sonic equivalent of V's personality and goal as an artist. He always talks about trying to bring to life a specific vibe. Again, the sonic equivalent of a theme, a feeling, whatever. So props to him for that, that clarity of what he wants from the visuals and songs, as well as the consistency with that theme like the retro with a modern twist premise is consistent from the grainy footage music videos to the ones with more of a style of like a monitor like a letterbox style love me again has like a an early aughts karaoke session feel blue has black and white footage His aesthetic is all throwbacks. This sense of watching old movies, listening to old classics. Again, he's a student of, a loyal student of older influences. So objectively, I love how much this is him to a T. I also do appreciate the title. Layover's a great title. Because it represents so many emotions. There are so many ways you could go off into a train of thought as you're waiting for your next flight. When you have a layover, some people are anxious, some are fearful, some are just excited, some are disappointed. The range of emotions fits the range of emotions extent-wise that you might feel in a relationship, like the one he sings about. It's also very thematically appropriate for V himself, as he is left in that period of being alone with his thoughts to ponder where his next destination should be. What sonic territory will he venture into next? So a great theme for him, specifically. Drumroll, please, for number one, best release of September 2023. Kim Sejun Door. I am so, so impressed with everything about this era. Like, it puts all our past work in a much lower tier in my memory now compared to this. The growth is incredible. Her voice is incredible. The range she covers is more experimental for her than ever. So she dabbles in pop, rock, jazz, pulls it all off with angelic vocals. The live stage performance-esque highlight medley is also a delight. The backgrounds are as pretty as her voice. And the singles really have such a cool juxtaposition. So opposites. Like, Voyage is a really cool, whimsical fairy tale. It's like Princess in the Pea meets Narnia magic wardrobe type thing. She enters a new world and is treated like the princess she deserves to be. (laughs) Gets a special banquet, makes some new friends, she dances with a beautiful festival before going back to sleep. On the other side of the wardrobe, it's got this perfect, rousing musical accompaniment with this Irish-inspired, fiddle-filled delight. Then there's Topper Cliff, the short film. Beware, it's a lot of blood, a lot of shooting. If you're a baby and squeamish about that like me, proceed with caution. I watched it, though. You're welcome. And I do think it is quite cinematic and impressive. The acting she does really is an interesting, nuanced portrayal of a villain character. Like, the princess character from Voyage is so not there. This is a totally different character she embodies. This villain who, long story short, seems very vengeful and lacks a conscience, just wants blood but she has moments where we see that maybe guilt hesitation creeping in like at the end when she's kind of trying to just be like a movie villain character reveling in her victory being nonchalant about getting caught just sitting on the stoop smoking but she can't smoke like she can't light it up her hands are trembling Her eye looks swollen, so it's hard to tell if she's hesitating to just enjoy herself and relax because of guilt or because physically she's drained, but there's that glimmer of possibility that there's a good person in her that regrets what just happened. That's my optimistic take on it. But an interesting, ambiguous character further that I see a glimmer of goodness still buried in because at the very end, there's a final scene where the little girl from before, she takes the gun away from. So during the video in the main scene with that girl, the little girl pointed a gun at her and she just raised her bloodied finger to her lips to tell her to shush, not give away their location. So for a split second, you might think, oh my gosh, she's going to see herself in this little kid and be like, who have I become? I can't set this example. I've got to grow up and be a better person, a moral one. I'm going to tell her violence is not the answer. But no, then she just becomes an accomplice, a witness, that does not deter her from being violent in front of her. But at the end, she crouches down and after talking to her, takes that gun away, encourages her not to use it. So that change is really notable. So quite a character arc for a less than 10-minute movie. Quite a short film, very action-packed. Her voice just soars to really amazes on that song. What a powerhouse. She wrote 11 songs and helped compose nine of them and just showed so much talent while doing so. So after The Voyage, the delightful whimsical song for her princess story, there's the jazzy if we do with the unique analogy to emotions and genres. She says, Brunch, jazz. When we argue, rock. Your eyes, acoustic. Then there's Sea of Hope, great title, and a stunning piano ballad, An Ode to a Warm Embrace. There's a very cheerful, excitable between summer and winter. Destiny is kind of down-the-middle pop just compared to the others. Then Topper Cliff, the powerhouse one, with the wild video to go with it that so much happens in. She has a very interesting way of framing her views of a relationship with the Jenga analogy, the song Jenga. She seems to reference a lyric from Voyage, talking about the world, seeing it as a shade of blue again in Indigo Promise. Another beautiful piano ballad in Send a Letter, In Over the Rainbow, which is really touching, adds beautiful strings, and is quite a touching song about see you on the other side, like I hope I stay a happy memory even after I cross over to heaven. Then there's In the Rain, after the song Over the Rainbow, very symbolic. A hopeful-sounding, choir-backed number that would be so exciting and lively and uplifting live in concert or live in (laughs) church. She recalls being a little kid who loved the rain in this song. Like, when I was a kid, I didn't grab a coat or umbrella. I just let the rain wash over me and loved it. But I've grown more cautious over time, so it's time to reconnect with that carefree inner child. So now she sings about reopening herself up to that emotional state of her childhood self. Reviving her enthusiasm for just being out there in the world, getting soaked and not caring, smiling despite a downpour. A super beautiful inner child-embracing message to end on that ties back to the fairy tale that started the story. It's a really impressive, sprawling project. So time for a ton of honorable mentions for the best releases of September. Pink subscribers get access to this list, just the list written for them. But if you're a free subscriber, get a pen and paper out and get ready, because this is going to be, in most cases, a super speed round, in no particular order. J01 Equinox. They span a huge spectrum of sound. They've got some hard-to-pin-down oddball songs in the best way. Da da dot, fairy tale. Upbeat love songs like Mad in Love, dramatic ballad material in Romance. Some of the songs, you have to give props even if you're not really a fan, just trusting that they sound better live. Like Some of these definitely sound like Radio Vision, ironically, like the kind of song that was meant to feed off the energy of a live audience to really get to the full potential they do keep the song titles quite admirably unexpected. Like, their more intense rap song is called Itty Bitty. Their song called Super Cali, with lyrics about supercalifragilisticexpialidocious stuff, it's not quite the bubblegum pop sound you would envision for a song like that. So thematically and lyrically, they kind of take unexpected turns. Kama is the most interesting, cause hear me out, comma sounds like someone took an icon sawn from icon, put it in a blender, and mixed it up, then added a dose of cravity. So an icon sawn really messed with, blended it up, and then cravity thrown on top. Think about it. Misako Uno Pearl Love. She knows how to set the scene with her beautiful, delicate vocals, noises like the music box that starts the show, the alarm ringing, the chipperness with the right sound effects to boot it. At times, though, she does switch it up with her delivery, getting more hushed so you feel like you're watching a more intimate performance at a small venue. If you like the Blooming Era from IU, definitely check out One Love. Lots of guitars snapping in that one as well as Going On. There's some great live mixes in the middle, piano ballads, and spread out well. So you have a beautiful, upbeat set of songs to pull people in, keep listeners engaged. Then a ballad, some live mixes, and then another ballad is at the end. Lee Cheyan, The Move Street. This comeback is visually a strong one. Very cool array of chic outfits, from the ballerina scenes to the Let's Dance video scenes with the sporty look. She tries out a bunch of different styles of dance throughout with the outfits to boot. Really does show off her dancing strengths, unlike ever before. And fun fact, actually, this is a re-team-up with the choreographer behind Knock. Visual elements aside, this release has more to appreciate than you first thought because she keeps up the alter ego premise. Remember, in her solo music video fictional realm, she's part of the time playing a human, part of the time a vampire. In Let's Dance, the title track, she's obviously just a human dancing and loving and living life. My interpretation, at least, is that the B-side cave is then a song from the perspective of her vampire alter ego, with the lyrics about finding peace and comfort in the literal darkness of a cave and hating the sunlight. I think it's quite literal and a reference to that character. So in that way, she made sure this comeback was not just a good comeback, but one specifically tailored to her story. She took good quality material, but then made it better because she then personalized it. Mimi Rose live, which is evil backwards, and that was intentional. So in the flirting video, they each play a different evil character. So the whole premise is evil villains on a very bizarre set of hijinks that aren't really coherent. So my only issue with this comeback is they had a clever idea for a comeback as villain characters, but the plot didn't get furthered along, clarified as much as it could have. Some potential was left unmatched, but I still praise the this release because they're really finding themselves and that's been cool to see. Flirting is really just a strong song, better than their debut song. It's really well done, as are the B-sides, which are more bubblegummy, so attitude and villainous personas for the title track. Then on the B-sides, super fun bubbly stuff. Although tipsy has sass to it, bubbly and bold. Tipsy is sassy and sweet. And then AOK okay is kind of a faster tempo than expected. It's one I think J-pop fans will particularly appreciate. Trends, still on my way, filled with youthful, optimistic energy. Vencomigo is about hope and trust in yourself, determination. My Way, which sonically I would say is totally in the wheelhouse of fans of Team. That one is about perseverance as well. Then OIE, Open Your Eyes, is about self-worth, discovering your true value. That one I would say is the best for showing off both higher and lower pitches, as well as rapping and sinning skills. So that's the better B-side. One Us, La Dolce Vita. I like the contrast they went with. Baila Conmigo, Dance With Me, very Latin inspired, and you would expect that to come with maybe a fiery red aesthetic. But instead they went for blue, the ocean, the mermaid theme, mermaid inspiration. They also kept things surprising with Baila Conmigo building its foundation off of Hungarian dance number four. Shout out to Juan Woon, who helped create the choreography, and Lido, who helped write and compose epilogue and write simulation. The tracklist also leaves surprises in store. A very weird glitching, sputtering noise in the instrumental intro. Then Baila Conmigo. Then some slow songs. Then the title track Spanish version for one more energy jolt at the end. Junyuanhua, your city. He really nails that title track. His voice is so good for it. That rhythmic guitar, the message about feigning that you're okay, like I'm ready to start my next chapter. My memories are not so wrapped up in you. Fooling himself in his inner real despair, pining for something, pining for the past. He's really good at just conveying layered hidden emotions through song, which he does as well on Pain Healer, the super emotional note to self, He does, though, keep things lighter with the upbeat dance pop Season of Love. Gemini kept things fresh with Lovesick, an R&B EP that remixes some of my favorite songs of his, Mia, No Me. He finds really smart ways to give those songs remixes so they feel new again and all kind of are now thematically in the same category. So he altered the songs so they all fit in this one body of work seamlessly. Hatchin' and Tail from NCT got to duet on NCYT. In hindsight, that feels weird that they hadn't released a song called NCYT yet. I really like that. It's an R&B pop song that they contributed to. They both worked on it it's got a chill happy vibe with a super cute video we will not go into the show within a show premise references throughout i will spare you my usual smcu easter egg hunt and intense over theorizing of every detail in their truman show type scenario but anyway i could is the point this is definitely part of the nct canon and it's really cute with the group of little kids who come out and play their instruments Speaking of cute little kids, there are some on set of what looks like a kid's TV show having the narrator of the video read a storybook to them to introduce Zior Park in the video for Queen. It really does look just like a kids tv show like it looks like they're filming ranger joe from full house or something or barney or something where the main character is surrounded and is the center of attention in a super bright colorful setting with puppets and lots of obviously artificial homemade props and stuff tons of bright color the musical aspect he went all in for this concept Buck kept it part of his pre-existing lore with, again, that where does Sasquatch live character and question, the overarching question they keep asking about Sasquatch's whereabouts. And he sings about wearing whatever he wants, not caring who thinks what about what he wears. Really love that message. He's just like, at the end of the day, I'm still going to be called Queen, they will follow me. So kind of a proud of who I am message mixed with a very intentionally extra aesthetic, very specific narrative, as usual for him, a very carefully curated, intriguing narrative. Soul, S-O-L-E, released A Love Supreme, which is all remakes, a mix of her classic favorites and company suggestions. She kept it new for her, working with a band for the first time. She remixed stuff by Nami, Nell, Kim Banjing, In Windy City, Panic, City Pop, Ballads, stuff from the 90s, the aughts, it's all there. The first half is more R&B covers. The midpoint is a slow song, and the second half then that is led into is slower still with the ballads a guitar-focused one, then a piano-focused one. It's quite a versatile mix of covers that she puts her own spin on that is always pleasant to listen to with her lovely voice, working with a band for the first time. Some K-pop girl groups have released some pre-releases before their full comebacks that we will surely talk about at that later date, but they have given some very promising, exciting hints at what's to come with these pre-releases. Grogu Billy released BYOB, Bring Your Own Best Friend, which adds on to their lore I talked about in past episodes that were dedicated to their music video universe. The mystery continues, as do the flashbacks. These characters just kind of hang out unassumingly, besties in a casual hangout. But the whole video is kind of through this interesting lens, like a filter's over it, indicating this is a flashback, a dream sequence. They are just replaying a hazy-around-the-edges memory. Something about this is off to show it's not just present-day basic fun. The mystery continues. I've also hinted a bigger story to come with either way. Showing off cool new, very eccentric makeup choices for them and just in general, quite new, quite unconventional. And it ends with one of them hinting at magic powers, so stay tuned for more. Rocket Punch have a cute new comeback in Boom. The video is super pastel-filled and pretty with this cute winding up a music box point dance. I also like the way the more sentimental song that just shows off real more talent and emotion is between the super happy, upbeat, carefree songs. So happy happy, then down a bit, then happy happy. The depth between the delights worked well for the start-to-finish listening experience. Roa continues to really shine solo outside of Rocking Doll. I still love Truth or Dare better, which I raved about in last month's Best New Music episode. But her new song Skip Out, you should not skip out on. Weekly had a great unofficial official comeback with Good Day Special Daily. The choreography, the outfits, the setting, everything about the video, the sound, screams weekly. A nice welcome return, and they really just kicked up their choreography a notch. Like, they did not have to go that hard for a kind of unofficial comeback. But that choreography for them really goes off. A new R&B EP you should know about is from Suen, S-U-E-N, New Moon. The best was safe for last with the dreamy Allergy featuring Gist. Also make sure you check out My Prada for the very fun video with a great fun hat and monkey. It's the little things. Six Lounge released Fanfare and a deluxe edition. I would say a personal favorite I'm still debating, but an objective favorite, the critics pick, I should say, I'll say Enigma. It's quite a roller coaster, the intensity and the pacing, up and down and then up and then down cindy wayne has been teasing her october album and i love the first singles there's the kind of twice-esque sound with the synth pop the guitars the airy vocals and sugar high i get a bit of a joel and Psy flavor which i love obviously to the edm pop song bite back Speaking of bite, <laughs> the "bite me Japanese version is officially here, as is the version of Bills in Japanese, and a new Japanese ballad, Blossom, which is so beautiful, it's all on Enhyphen's Japanese EP. Fantasy Boys debuted with an interesting introduction video that kind of laid out their whole music video world introduction as they crash land from another planet. It's also interesting because in their new video, they seem to follow in ATBO's footsteps with a Next To Me video. Is dancing on water like a literal new trend in K-pop? Maybe more people will dance on water in the future. You never know. If you were a fan of the sweet love story Dio gave us with this comeback, check out Chenyo's romantic video for Love For A Day. Tempest returned with Into The Tempest, it's quite a back and forth because there's this industrial rugged sound, followed by a classic K-pop synth pop jam, then a more acoustic guitar focus song. So a bold A-side and then easy listening B-sides. 6 released Be Complete 2023, a compilation of renditions of some of their hits. My personal favorite Breathe, their best song ever is on there. All the praise hands emojis here. Blue Ilk, Blue L-K, B-L-U-E-L-K, has a new EP called In Your Pain, and I still don't know what to think of it. The filter on his voice, the deepness of it, it's a very distinct sound. If you like Stage Fright, you'll like In Your Pain. Sounds one and two, those are super similar. It gets faster for alone, but it ends with the slow cassette, which does have that winding to a halt feeling, so effectively channeled. I have to give props to Lin for Garbage Baby, because those lyrics, they get props for creativity for sure. Kind of backwards compliments. It's just interesting framing. It's very do-as-I-do flirting advice. I would not take his advice. But lyrics include, Inside every beautiful attire, hide the fleas. Your faults are plentiful, but charming. And love is bearing with each other's garbage. Love is bearing with black plastic bags, pinching our noses while opening the presents. So, love is a gift, but sometimes that gift is a stinky one you didn't ask for. Pretty, actually, in hindsight, maybe there should be more songs about that side of relationships, I don't know. If you want a more trot focus, check out Han Ji-yoon, with ji is dot dot dot. There's some brassy saxophone-filled numbers, but there's also slow percussion, ballads focused on strings, classic trot flavor in the middle, then back to a slower pace, more drama, ballads and trot, the party vibe lulls and boosts itself again and again. Shout out to her marketing team. It was such a good idea to do the Barbie font, Barbie doll box branding right now. Speaking of boxes, I guess, Lee Jin Ah released Hearts of the City, and I officially decided her music can best be summarized as music box music. So do with that what you will. If you want to listen to music box music, she's got the perfect subgenre for you. Eliza Up, E L 7 Z Up, which is a combination of members from a bunch of different girl groups, they impressed me with 7 Up they came together surprisingly seamlessly. It didn't feel like a random mix of members of different groups from Queendom Puzzle, the reality show. It felt like I was watching a video for just another K-pop girl group. They really just kind of had a synergy for Cheeky. The best b-side? Hideaway. The whistling is interesting because it sounds urgent as opposed to breezy. Not your expected whistling. The crashing synths are also kind of unexpected. The instruments go off in quite unique directions. If you want the happy version of a whistle-filled song, not one with more of an ominous or intense strange feeling, try Cloud9. Cho Tokimeki Sendenbu released Kawaii Memorial, and it is what I would summarize as Candyland Church Bells, like Wedding Day Church Bells in Candyland. That sums up their whole soundscape and aesthetic, so do with that what you will. Schumann has a new OST, a really cute feel-good song, Daisy. Taiwanese group Montan released Tao Fire. They're very inspired by 60s and 70s psych rock, plus mythology, folklore. They really have quite a an interesting array of story and sounds shaping their own. Generations are here with Diamonds. The best song of theirs probably in maybe literally years. It's so good. Speaking of J-pop, Stray Kids Social Path is finally officially out with Lisa There's also the B-side You Must Check Out Too, Butterflies. Then J-Pop Icon's Perfume, they have a new B-side out too, to go with the great single Moon. But maybe my pick for the best J-Pop B-side of the month is Girl Squared with Ice Cream, for the finest. It is indeed the finest, a fun new B-side to go with their way better than expected collab single, Rocksteady. One of my faves ever, Jeff Sutter, released a new version of Fade, and I'm just so in love with it. Also, my favorite song from Yasuda, like ever, is It's You, and it is part of the special new Circle 2023 live album, which is just stunning. Chloe Flower is teasing a Christmas project with a special cover of V's song, Christmas Tree. King New, GNU, knocked it out of the park with specials, with a Z instead of an S. There's a very unexpectedly super catchy song, a Don't Knock It Till You Try It one, that sounds like it wouldn't be, but it is. It's called Bet by 10 centimeters and Alien Hojujo. If you want some pop punk, check out only O-N-L-E-E Be With You, as well as 90.01 and Dami's collab What You Want To Do. Filipino girl group Binny released two new videos this month, one for Carrera, a word for like a game or a race, very much for fans of Semble and VVS. The other new song, Super Crush, is super vivid and colorful, and the video with the Super Crunch theme doubles as pretty smart marketing. That's product placement done in an entertaining way, presumably, if not a big missed opportunity. Hoodie's new video for Lonely is such a must-watch, so picturesque, all these vacation spots, and of course her voice is irreplaceable. Rolling courts continue to win with both fashion and ferocity with Fearless. The Espa remix to Spicy, the Night Punk remix, I would definitely check out if you don't like the song Spicy. Like, they really redid it. It is a new song. That's how you make it fresh. Like, that's how you do a remix. You don't phone it in halfway. You fully go for warping the song and giving it what I would argue is a 10 times more exciting instrumental. Fikud Girl, F-Y-E-Q-O-O-D-G-U-R-L, released a cool cover of Super Shy by New Jeans, kind of giving it an R&B smooth spin. The acapella group I'm obsessed with released a video I'm even more obsessed with than usual. Their latest acapella, The Evolution of NCT. That video is on YouTube now. Go check it out, it is so impressive as well as a new special live version of my favorite Nyan B-side, No Problem, with Felix of Stray Kids. M. Siwan and Winter from Aespa teamed up, and I'm sorry, it is so accidentally funny. The song Win For You, it's for a table tennis championship theme song, so it's an ad song, and it goes 120%. Like, they did not have to get so dramatic. I'm not denigrating table tennis. I know it's a serious sport. But the passion, the emotion in this song is just, when you know it's an ad, it is just, it's funny. It's like, you more than aced the assignment. You did the extra credit. Okay, let's get that serious about this championship. But nice job with the melodrama. There's a Chinese and Icelandic star who's definitely worth being on your playlist if you like V's new stuff. Very soulful, but dreamy and jazzy, almost sounding like she's soundtracking a Disney princess movie at times, is Lau with Bewitched, her new album interesting promo strategy from Aichi Otaki, releasing 15 and 30 second versions of the single with it. And I wouldn't be surprised if more artists follow suit. Like, they don't just release a single as the single and an instrumental, but they add 15 second version and 30 second version to the track list. They do the work of clipping part to go social media viral for you. In today's TikTok age, I totally would expect more artists to do that kind of thing. Make it as easy as possible for people to make viral content to post promoting the song. The SM Town Orchestra's version of NCT's Golden Age. The cute new video for my fave person ever, Taeyon, with Move Mood Mode. The cute new video for P1 Harmony's More Than Words. Jungkook teamed up with Jack Harlow for 3D. They're quite a compatible duo, and I also knew this would be a smash thanks to David Stewart's contributions. He worked on BTS's Dynamite, and this time he also contributed to composing, producing, and writing. I'm really here for Jungkook's just mainstream pop radio era. Like, with Seven and stuff, Song of the Summer for sure. Like, him just having that appeal of classic modern-day pop star, I'm here for it. He has an interesting dynamic with Jack Harlow, too. They seem to have hit it off. I will say my disappointment with the song is just Jack Harlow's verse. Just being honest, that was a really weak one. Chanmina released the video for B-List, which is Marie Antoinette core with a rainbow twist. Like, Rainbow Bright just had a talk with Marie Antoinette. I'm kind of here for it. She's always very avant-garde. She never makes a boring video. She also has this cool scene with a silver manicure, silver rhinestone face stickers that just shows she pulls off trendy pieces too, trendy ideas. So mix some modern trends and anything but, and it was a great reminder to put that B-side on your radar. B-List really is an A-List song. I'll disclose that I did interview Luli Lee for the website, but I do really like her new EP Phoenix, it's a rocky pee with busy mixes of percussion, guitars, the use of reverb, very angsty. I would say the first half is the better half, the best song being Skydive. TXT and Anita teamed up for Back for More, a disco track with Latin pop influences, of course. It's really catchy, and I'm just gonna say it, I like the TXT-only version better. I just do, I wanted more TXT vocals, because that song is so freaking short. To get a little more vocal in the TXT-only version, very much appreciated. I mean, Stan and Anita, Anita can get her own version too, but when a song is so short, if you cut out the bridge, you should release separate versions for featured artists. Otherwise, that collab feels way too jam-packed. To make it a collab and super short, feels like you gotta pick one. Yuju from GFRIEND continues to stand out on her own and stand apart from her past eras. This is actually her first time getting sole credit as a main composer and lyricist for her own song. She also helped contribute ideas to the video. It's got her hands all over it. She mixed jazzy, J-pop, and retro sources of inspiration for a very fun song, Dalala. And I'm just happy for her, because in the video she kind of recreates the real-life incident she said inspired the song, feeling free as she walked around the city streets unrecognized. So she just kind of dances through life when she can just be seen as another person in a crowd. So she found a way to make a personal story very groovy and fun. There are also some big-time producers and composers who contributed, like Paulina Soria, who was Latin Grammy nominated for songwriting, plus big-time producer Shintaro Yasuda. So in our corner right now, a very cool team. The boy group P.O.W. is officially debuting October, but the pre-release in September, I was super impressed with. P.O.W. song favorite is a dance song, but it's also pop punk. It's been stuck in my head a lot, and I just thought it was a super strong choice for a pre-release because of that. This is the first boy group from Grid, the parent company of 131, the company with B.I. It also features a big hit trainee, Yorch, who was previously a famous Thai actor and singer too. He actually turned down Grid's offer, but then Yorch finally said, Fine, I'll do it, after the CEO really pursued it. Had multiple meetings trying to convince him to join the group. Very glad that worked out. They also have an interesting branding idea. They describe their video as taking inspiration from the German countryside and summarized as quote, European youth culture, the dreamlike, beautiful energy of youth around their age, unquote. So I would expect some pretty memorable content from that new boy group. They can stand out in a crowded field. My thoughts on VCHA, the reality show winning group from the A2K show, America to Korea, the first of its kind girl group created under the K-pop model with a globally recruited membership. Their first EP has three songs. My honest take is that they have potential to make it big. They picked a nice catchy choice for a title track, although I would say the best that deserves to blow up on TikTok is Know Me Like That. It kind of has that's not my name energy, the best out of the three tracks, I would just say my objective thumbs down part is for just the corniness. I mean, the whole debut EP is kind of about follow your dreams and live your best life, be proud of yourself, etc. So it's nice stuff. It's just, I'm excited for them to have more personal, specific to them storytelling. So I'm watching them. They're on my radar. Not super sold on them yet, but I see the potential. Goni, G0NNY, released a song with Shirt called You Might. Really shows her in her vocal sweet spot, but I find particularly exciting about this release the super cute video. Basically, she talks to two different therapists seeking love advice. The little girl tells her, just say abracadabra, and poof, he's gonna be your boyfriend, basically. Then the little boy who's advising her doesn't give her advice. He just says, I want a snack. Then he says, I'm tired, bye. So it's really cute the kids play therapist but they don't know what they're doing it's like an episode of recess therapy sort of it's got that same appeal where kids are just so cute they say the darndest things but of course she can't use their advice some of the little girls advice included just tell him you love him right away which seems a bit strong but it ends with them refusing to give her a refund for her sessions and lastly i had to save this for last So, so good. So, so exciting. I just, it just was fantastic beyond words. 17 on a remix of Dirty Dancing with New Kids on the Block and Dem Joints. The Dirty Dancing remix, I'm so obsessed and have been all month. It came out September 1st, so yeah, literally all month. And it made me revisit the classic version. And they did a nice job. They remixed it, but not too much. And both versions are just back on rotation. So excited. Such an iconic era for boy band stands of all kinds. As for the best English language releases of the month, I honestly might do a whole episode of Enthusiasts about Olivia Rodrigo and the fandom because it's really interesting. But I'm so obsessed with her album Guts and I want to talk about it so much on the show. But we're running low on time, so we're going to do that in a different episode or write up or on Substack or elsewhere. I will spill my guts about Guts. I also love so much Demi Lovato's revamped album. That's what's called revamped. It's her rock covers of all her classics. I'm so happy with the variety. Every choice was one. I was like, yes, please do a rock version. And she delivered. It feels like all along those songs were meant to be rock. Like They feel so weak as pop songs in comparison. They have that fire in them they deserve with this version. Lastly, an artist I always have on my radar is Dove Cameron, super psyched for Alchemical, an album on the way. But until then, we get a special collab she did with Marshmello called Other Boys, so that's enough to tide me over for a bit. Based on earlier views, though, from reporters and stuff, I've only heard good things about this album. When it comes out, it's gonna be, I think, surprising to people, but a very pleasant surprise. That is all for today, but remember sometimes I make last-minute changes to some of the rankings. I flip a couple, so that may be the case. So get the official top 20 ranking for September in your inbox the second it drops when you subscribe to the show's free newsletter. This will be a free post. The paid version will include a list of all these honorable mentions. But either way, you'll get some content if you sign up. 17kpop.substack.com That's all for me today. Thank you all so much. Feel free to share your takes with me on the best new music and I'll talk to you all again very soon. Bye everybody!